we are going to hear from a, a few of our alum this morning and alumni, and um, they're going to talk to us about uh, really meet life in high school and life following high school uh, with the goal again of uh, making this a learning experience for all of you. So um, I'm not going to take any more airtime. Um, just know that we'd love to hear from you um, students and uh, Marissa and Julia, thanks so much for being here. And I'm going to start by asking Marissa if you'd introduce yourself um, to us. Yeah. From there. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Marissa. I graduated from Shrewsbury in 2015 um, with Julia, actually. And I'm currently staying at my parents in Shrewsbury. So I'm local right now, along with all of you. Um, yeah, so I, I am currently a first year student in genetic counseling at Boston University. Um, and I'll graduate next year with my Master's of Science. Um, and I went to Boston College for undergrad and I graduated in 2019 um, and I graduated with a Bachelor's of Science in Biology. Thank you, Marissa. Julia. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy that you logged on today. I, so my name's Julia. I um, graduated with Marissa in 2015. And for you high schoolers, you might know my brother Patrick or my sister Lily, who's currently a senior. Um, and she's actually going to nursing school. So we have some science running in the family, which is fun. But I went to UMass Amherst and graduated last year in 2019. And I was a neuroscience major, but I am currently local, been living in Shrewsbury since graduation because I am a patient care associate in the pediatrics department at UMass um, Memorial, the university campus. And I'm trying to figure out my graduate plan. So I'm deciding between nurse practitioner um, or med school. So yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Marissa and Julia. We have a, a question, uh, first question from a student. Um, best school for neuroscience in your opinion? Do you have an opinion about that? Well, I was, so when I went to UMass, I started out undecided, but I had taken AP Psychology with Mrs. Gray at Shrewsbury, and I loved the neuroscience unit. So when I went to UMass, that was kind of my first lead that I had of something I'd be interested in. At the time when I was there, neuroscience was a concentration. So my technically on my degree, it says I was a psychology major, um, like a Bachelor of Science with a concentration in neuroscience. Um, so I was on like a specific curriculum route. Um, did like a lot of really cool neuro labs, MRI labs. So now at least I, I can speak on behalf of UMass Amherst that it's now becoming its own degree. So like if someone was to go to school at UMass now, they'd graduate with a degree in specifically neuroscience. Um, so for me, UMass has worked out as a great option for me um, being like close enough to home and kind of fitting like kind of some marks off of the box for me as well as financially. So I definitely would do some research um, on programs. You can kind of look at the schools that you're interested in. Departments also always welcome questions. If there's some schools and lists that you have of um, some places that you'd be interested in going. And then you can also sometimes, there should be some statistics and kind of ratings. You can see how long programs have been around and everything. But it, the one thing I would say is to look out for on seeing if it is its own degree or if it's a concentration and if that's important to you or not. 
Thanks, Julia. Marissa, do you have an opinion around um, best schools or schools that you, um, with which you're familiar in the area of neuroscience? Yeah, so to be perfectly honest, I took a few psychology classes in undergrad, but I um, don't have a super, I don't have a ton of interest in neuroscience, um, so I'm not entirely sure. Um, I think Boston College just started a major in neuroscience. I think a lot of not a lot, but but many neuroscience majors are relatively new and were subsections, like Julie was saying, of either biology or psychology or both. Um, so I think, yeah, asking those departments specific questions about the major and seeing if there are any current undergraduates who would be willing to speak to you is, is a really good way to find out more because I think it's hard for some of us who have graduated already to, to speak to the, the current state of the programs as they're evolving so quickly. A uh, question in um, in high school, what did you find to be most beneficial or beneficial to you as you were deciding on college and majors and career paths? Absolutely. So this is such a great question. I think that I like, felt, first of all, I felt super prepared for my degree in undergrad because of all the prep and the learning I did at Shrewsbury. So that was definitely something that was so helpful. But classes that I really felt like sparked my interest and kind of gave me that notion of knowing that that's a path that I want to pursue in college. Um, I took anatomy and physiology my senior year. I took AP psychology. And then obviously you take your, your physics, your bios, your chems, um, and you can go other routes with those as well. Um, you can pursue like the AP courses. And I feel like taking AP courses is a really good test of if you are interested and you want to kind of dive into some deeper learning. But just because you didn't take AP biology doesn't mean that you couldn't be a bio major in college at all. Thanks. Marissa, what about? Yeah, I agree. I think. Um... I personally found, um, I took AP Biology as a senior, I personally found um, undergraduate biology to be about the same level um, at BC as my course, if not easier than I would have expected based on taking um, AP Bio at, B at Shrewsbury. So I think um, your courses at Shrewsbury will definitely prepare you for any course um, that you want to pursue in science in college. Um, and I think, yeah, just taking the classes that you're interested in. I, I agree. I don't think you have to take those AP courses. Like I didn't take AP Chem, but I took Chem in college and it wasn't too difficult. I think the normal Chem that I took was, was preparation enough. Um, but any classes that you're particularly interested in pursuing, if you take an AP course, I think you'll be more than prepared to pursue that in college. Um, and then any clubs that are on campus, I'm not super familiar with the ones that are available right now. Um, but in a specific interest area that I think shows your interest to the college in that area. And it also will prepare you for being involved outside of class. Cause I think a lot of what you do in college is outside of class. Um, so if you want to get involved in a lab or anything else, if you can get involved in that kind of thing in high school, as much as you're able, cause I know that's not easy. Um, but to do that would also be great preparation. I see that Jane's screen is frozen, so um, 
I'll take over from here and, and, and ask some questions. So I, I apologize for that. Um, we've had some technical difficulties with some of our, our panelists, so sorry about that. Um, for the people that don't know me, I work with Dr. Lizotte um, uh, at Central Office, and um, I, my position is coordinator of volunteer and development, volunteer activities and development. So that means that um, basically I help raise money and we're putting together um, programs like the one you're attending today um, and the, the Colonial Fund that we raise money for helps to provide um, some of the funding that we need in order to be able to do innovative things like this. So um, anyway, I wanted to, um, there's some other questions that have come in. So I'm, I'm really excited that, that um, oh, there's Jane, she's back again. Really excited that the students are asking questions. So um, this is really awesome. And, and again, if I invite anybody to, um, open up their video um, or their, their um, audio and, and ask directly. Um, a question that came up was, um, I guess for, for you, Julia, what's the best academic path or an academic path that you would suggest for someone with a, with a neuroscience degree? Definitely, so David, feel free to give me some more clarification so I best answer your question. Um, for the academic path, are you asking your high school academic path or are you asking like what kind of courses you would take as an undergraduate under the major. If it's for the college-like courses, some courses I took, I took neuroendocrinology, so that was really, really cool. So that's like talking about the interactions between the brain and hormones um, and the endocrine system, which was really, really cool. Um, and that's kind of a course that I took that was like specific if you compared it to other psychology majors and other routes. Um, Hi, hi. Um, I'm actually looking for college. I'm actually looking for college courses, like a college path. Great. So, just kind of like the classes that you'd be taking underneath the curriculum. Like just generally, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So you would take. Again, I'm speaking on behalf of a program where it was a concentration, um, and I'm assuming it would be pretty similar of if it was its own like established degree as well. So I just you start out taking. Um, I would, because I took AP psychology and took the AP exam, I tested out of taking like intro psychology. Um, but that would be a course that you could take if you didn't take AP psych yet. Um, and then you would take courses like the intro level neuroscience kind of get you started and learning about it. Um, you get to take like other psychology requirements like developmental psychology, statistics and psychology, research methods courses. Um, and then you kind of get to those. I got to take a really cool lab that was like a brain anatomy, like dissection lab. And then I got to participate in a really cool MRI study and got like scans of my own brain and learning how to kind of work in like a neuroscience lab at the end of it. Um, so those are, that's kind of an idea. But then also in college, you'll be taking other science courses as well. So I had to take microbiology, biochemistry, physics, general chemistry, organic chemistry, all of those sciences as well. We're kind of all grouped in underneath. So it's like psychology and then all of your, your physical critical sciences. So it was really cool. I was always learning new things. Um, and then you also have your general education requirements as well. That's specific to your college. Hopefully that helps answer your question. Uh, how important is high school psychology to get into a, if I'm pursuing a neuroscience major? That is a great question. Honestly, I, you don't need to take AP psychology um, or like even just a psychology course if SHS offers a non-AP level. No, um, you don't need to take it. It's, this is really an opportunity for you to decide that this is something that you're passionate about or something you're interested in and to be able to give it a try. And so it's not, you don't need to have it in order to apply for programs. Thanks. Yeah.
We have a question here. Um, if I plan to go to medical school after undergraduate, would it be best to major in biology, pre-med, or maybe both? Marissa, I definitely want you to weigh in on this too, because um, you won't be able to speak for BC. But for UMass, we didn't have a pre-med like major. You would have like a pre-med like route. So you would be a, but for example, if you're interested in biology, you would be a biology major. And then you would go through and complete the curriculum that are required for you to graduate with your biology degree. Additionally, we have like a pre-med advising center so they would help you can i think i went to visit them like the second week of my freshman year to try to figure out what i was supposed to do and they'll kind of sit down with you and they'll outline all the courses that you need to take in addition to like your biology you know courses and they'll help you figure out what other courses you need to take so that way you're eligible to apply as a medical school applicant on graduation yeah, Julia, it's pretty similar at BC. There is a pre-med office um, as well as an advising board um, that does a lot of things, um, including write recommendations as a, like a group um, for people applying to medical school. Um, and yeah, so there's a couple of options at BC as well. You can either do the pre-med track um, with being a biology major, you can do the pre-med track and double major in biology and something else, which I don't know that I would recommend because that's a lot, but you can. Um, you can also do the pre-med track, take those courses, um, and major in something completely different. So one of my roommates um, was pre-med, um, but also was an economics major, um, which to me seems really overwhelming, but she was passionate about both of those things, and I think it, it served her well. Um, so I think most schools, I don't think you have to be a biology major to be on the pre-med track. I think that that um, used to be more common, but I think medical schools now, which not to say that biology isn't a good major to be doing. If you want to go to medical school, of course, you have to take those courses either way. Um, but I think medical schools are, are now seeing a lot of people want to study other things in undergrad and study something that they're passionate about, even if it's outside of biology or other sciences. Um, so I think um, it it kind of depends on what school you're going to end up going to, um, but yeah, I don't think that you're you're limited necessarily to the track or the major that you're going to be in. Thank you, Marissa and Julia. And if anyone wants follow up, again, um, just call out your question or type it in. Um, we have a question here. Um, what career paths, um, Julia and Marissa, are you hoping to pursue? The student arrived a little late, so if you want to give a quick snapshot, that would be helpful. No problem at all. Um, I wish I had a really clear answer to this. I, um, my plan was actually to pursue physician assistant, a physician assistant graduate program, and I got a job because for PA programs, you need a bunch of clinical hours. Um, working in there's different positions. So if anyone has any questions, feel free to mention those too. I can answer them because that was really what I thought I was going to do for a while. And um, so I work as basically so a nursing assistant at UMass now in the pediatrics department. And in pediatrics, typically they use more of like residents and like the medical um, providers and nurse practitioner and not so much PAs. So that's kind of why I've switched um, my path. So one of the two, hopefully I'll figure out within the next few months, but we'll see. <laughs> Um, 
Yeah, so I am currently a first year uh, graduate student at BU in genetic counseling. Um, should I, I probably should give a little context to what that is because I don't think a lot of people know what it is. Um, so genetic counseling is a, uh, you need a master's degree to become a certified genetic counselor. There's currently about 5,000 in the United States. Um, and what you do is you work in some sort of specialty clinic, either counseling people, um, either pregnant people um, about potential risks to um, the pregnancy or so if they're older, maybe um, like Down syndrome or other things like that, if they find something on ultrasound, um, you could work with people who have a genetic disorder to try to diagnose what that is. So in an adult or a pediatrics clinic or in a cancer setting. So counseling people about their risks, like with, I don't know how many of you have heard of uh, like the Angelina Jolie story about BRCA and how she had um, surgery to prevent getting breast cancer. But that's another area that we could that we work in is cancer, and there are a lot of other areas, but those are just the big ones. Um, so it's really just counseling people about their genetic risks and helping to mitigate those risks. Wow, very interesting. Um, did you do the honors program for your undergraduate degree, and was the and if you did, was the course work manageable? Yes, so I was in the Honors College at UMass, and um, at, this is how it worked, at least for UMass. So even if you did, weren't, like you didn't start out your freshman year in it, you can apply at the end of any semester um, to apply into it. So the coursework was definitely manageable. So the way that it worked for, at least for UMass, was that they had like a few, I think it was like one or two courses that everybody in the Honors College takes. Um, and it has to be within your freshman or sophomore year is kind of like your deadline to take it. And it's like really general. It was called Ideas That Change the World. And it was really cool kind of integrating critical thinking across a bunch of different domains of knowledge in different fields. So that was really cool. And then beyond that, it was just a matter of me taking certain courses that were within my major or general education requirements at the honors level. So it would be like I took, um, like I would take I took honors developmental psychology, for example, or I would take like honors neuroscience. So you could kind of choose which courses you wanted to take at that level. Um, and then from there, my senior year was when you kind of do your honors thesis. So I actually did my thesis. I worked in two research labs. So I worked in an infant cognition lab my junior year. And my senior year, um, I worked in a, so in the Department of Kinesiology, um, which is a great major if anyone's interested in like the body and movement and even sports medicine is really great. Um, so I worked in a research lab in that department and I wrote my thesis with a professor. We had, a, I was in a seminar, so that means that you're kind of in a class with a group of people, um, group of students, probably 14, 15 of us. And we met two times a week and our professor who was the manager of the lab walked us through step by step on how to create your thesis, setting us up for our own individual projects, collecting data, all of that really cool stuff. So was it a lot at the end of the day, especially senior year, to kind of do that big thesis that was like 70 pages? Of course it is. It's super daunting. But I felt super supported the whole step of the way where it wasn't me writing a 70 page essay during like the last week of April. It was like a full nine month process. And I felt like truly so supported. So yeah, that's a great question. If you don't mind me asking a follow-up question, how did you get those two positions um, that you know just seem to really, I think, round out your whole educational experience? Absolutely. So I think my dad gave me 
this piece of advice when he dropped me off at school freshman year because he was saying like okay Shrewsbury was awesome you'd get you develop those close relationships with teachers and it almost happened seamlessly and you're there for four years you're in Shrewsbury for your whole life and then going to college now I'm in a lecture hall with like 350 kids and if I want to just be like an ID number that they have on my Scantron when I submit an exam I can do that but he said that at the end of class on the first day, I should go up and just shake the professor's hand and introduce myself. So I was really nervous to do that. And I thought it was kind of weird, but I did it anyway. <laughs> so I could text him that I did. And that was a way for me to connect with the professor on the first day, which was really cool. And also made me feel more comfortable going to their office hours for support later on. And then it came in like really handy because one of my, my developmental um, psychology professor is the manager of the infant cognition lab. So I was able to go to his office hours and ask him about it. And he sent me the application. We did like a Zoom interview over the summer and then I was accepted and immediately got to start working once I returned in the fall. And you also like get to work with graduate students, other undergraduate peers. So you get to like network and also just meet other students who have the same interests as you. When it came to my honors thesis, you get a lot of support kind of deciding what you want to do. You can either do your thesis with that professor that you've already kind of created that relationship with by working in their lab. Or we had the seminar format um, that that way I was able to like enroll in the class and that way I was immediately put into it. But she had me come meet her over the summer just to get to know her better and kind of get to see why I was interested in joining the lab and everything. So sometimes there's ways for you when you're, when you are in undergraduate programs like there's outlets for you to enroll in something that then therefore helps you get that opportunity as long as you meet all the requirements for it. Um, other ways, it really takes a little bit of courage and um, not being afraid to kind of go up to the professor at the end of class and introducing yourself and just talking. They love to meet students. They love to hear what you're interested in. And they're then, you know, from year to year, they're looking for students to work in their lab. So um, they would love to talk to you about it. Do you know if there's any opportunities for high school students to work? Um, in the hospitals or not? So this is a really good question. Um, I, what I was able to do because I wanted to work in the hospital environment and kind of see for myself like, hey, is this something I'd be interested in? And I, so for anyone who's interested in nursing or PA programs, and I would say medical school too, because it has totally opened like all these possibilities and experiences for me in the medical field and in the hospital setting, I became so a certified nursing assistant after my freshman year of college. So you have to take a certification course. And so I took mine through the Red Cross and it was like a six week program, 8, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, right kind of on Plantation Street in Worcester. And I took that and then I got a job at Beaumont in Northboro, worked in the nursing home. I worked as a home health aide because it is a little bit difficult to get a job in a hospital um, kind of without having that um, undergraduate degree. So because I still wanted the hospital experience, UMass specifically has a undergraduate volunteer program and they might also have a high, they might allow high schoolers to do that as well. I'm not positive, but um, I have like the contact information so I can always put it in the chat box as well for sure. Um, but they'd, they'd be a great um, person to contact. And I know that they take volunteers in general. So even though I got to work in the emergency department and I think cardiac ultrasound on Belmont Street. So at UMass Memorial at that location, that was really cool. Um, 
but they also might be able to have high schoolers come in and maybe working kind of in like directing patients somewhere to go. And even though that might not be in like the OR in surgery, it's still a great experience getting to interact with patients and hopefully work your way up to further opportunities. That's really great advice. Marissa, do you have anything to add? We do um, consistently get questions from students saying, I really want to, you know, dip my toes in the water, but I hear it's only, you can only do that if you're in college or out of college. Um, so Julia, we'll take you up on your offer to put anything in the chat box. And Marissa, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think that um, getting into hospitals can be tough. Um, so I think any volunteering you could do in a hospital setting is really good. And I, I, I agree. I've heard some, I, I don't have ex, ex, like experience in doing that in high school um, or really in much in undergrad, honestly. Um, but I think there are some specific programs, even for Boston hospitals, um, if you're able to drive, that have programs for high school students. I don't exactly know what those are, but I've, I've heard um, that those exist. Um, particularly during the summer, probably not this year, obviously, but in general. Um, I think also there's a lot of undergraduate or sorry, high school options um, in like uh, internships for the summer for like lab research. Um, and I know that isn't exactly what people are looking for, but I think showing that you're interested in science in general is a really important um, going into your undergraduate degree. Um, so I think having that kind of experience is is really cool and it, it looks good um, just getting you on your path. Um, I also know personally that I work um, as a clinical research coordinator for the Broad Institute in Cambridge. Um, and we have a high school student working with us. Um, he does a lot of filing. He um, he does some of the same stuff that I and my coworker do. So there are jobs for high schoolers if you're interested a few hours a week um, that exist in, in clinical research. And before that, he worked at Boston Children's um, doing some clinical research stuff. So I think you really have to dig and you have to be an advocate for yourself to find these kinds of jobs. Um, but I know they exist. So he, I don't know exactly how he got that job initially. Um, I know he, he goes to Boston Latin. Um, so I think it might be easier if you live in Boston to get that kind of thing. But I think just maybe finding those things through, like Julie was talking about at UMass in Worcester, that's definitely a really good option to kind of get your foot in the door and, and make a connection with either a nurse or a physician or someone else who works at the hospital to, to hear about more opportunities. Excellent. Thank you. Students. So who's going to ask our next question? Challenge of the morning. While they're thinking, um, Julia and Marissa, we, we've talked about um, schooling and programs. As far as, so these students represent sophomores and juniors primarily. Um, were there things in high school that you explored, whether it was a club activity, uh, babysitting, part-time job that you feel really helped your life skills um, as you traveled on from high school um, into college and whatnot? And if so, could you talk a little bit about what some of those things included? Um, and I'm appreciating the volunteerism and the interning um, and wondering what else. 
Definitely. So in high school, so I was on so like athletic sports teams. Um, I was on student council. Um, I worked at my dance studio. So I was like an assistant dance teacher. I'm trying to think of other things that I did. Um, I worked at teamwork summer camp. So I feel like even though those things like don't really scream science, right? <laughs> um, I think that those opportunities, I think the the things that when you follow like your passions and you get involved, it makes you a, not just like a happy person, but it also makes you a well-rounded individual. So for example, I worked at teamwork summer camp and I was a dance teaching assistant since I was like 12. And those are, again, aren't very sciencey, but I also know that I love pediatrics. And so that's like a path that I know with underneath the medical field and science I'm interested in. And that's something that I can build off of explaining why I'm interested in this. And when I go to apply for a graduate program, hopefully in the near future, you know, I can really build off of it being like, look, I've been interested in this since I was 11 all throughout high school, et cetera, et cetera. Being in student council, it, I got to work with teachers and other peers and reaching out to other programs, like throwing larger scale events than I expected. So those types of things give you a lot of practice kind of speaking and coordinating and working with others that kind of starts building up teamwork. And I think that those experiences that I had in high school pushed me in college to pursue things and get being involved in other things that then therefore made me feel like a confident applicant um, and just worker and teammate now in a career. Thanks so much, Marissa. Yeah, I agree. I think you want, well, I want to say first, it's not too late to, as a sophomore or junior to get involved in things. Even as a senior, you can definitely join um, other clubs or try out, try out for an athletic scene. Like if you are interested in something, I don't, I don't think that like I was nervous after freshman year to join new things. And I wish I hadn't been um, because you can always, you can always pursue something else. So if there's a club you're interested in now, like definitely go for it because like there's no harm in, in going for it. It's, it's a club, not, not something you're going to like fail at or something. It's just for fun. Um, I think, yeah, a lot of what you talked about, Julia, with volunteering, um, what it helped me to do. So I did a lot of tutoring. Um, so I went to um, Oak and I, I tutored people after school. Um, I did some volunteering in a third grade classroom at Coolidge um, and did like reading with the kids outside in the hallway. Um, I volunteered over the summer at Floral. Um, so a lot of what I was doing was teaching. Um, and in undergrad, I, I think that drove me a little bit towards more of a teaching career. But then when I kind of veered toward genetic counseling, I think it made me know that I really wanted to work with people one-on-one. -on -one. It made me know that I didn't want to work in a lab my whole life because that's just not the kind of person I am. Um, so I think it's important to do all those kind of things because it helps inform who you are as a person. Um, and pursuing those passions makes you understand yourself better um which is not to say that if you don't like something then that's the end of the world but it it really helps you to know what you want to do and what you don't want to do i couldn't agree with you more and and knowing what you don't want to do is almost as important <laughs> as um if, as knowing what you do want to do and great insight both of you there's a question here from a student directed to uh, Marissa. Could you talk about how your undergraduate experiences at BC aided you in your decision to pursue genetic counseling? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Um, so like I was saying before, 
Um, I, I knew I didn't want to be a doctor. I am way too squeamish for that. Um, just very honest. Um, and similarly, nursing was not for me. Um, blood really freaks me out. So I knew that kind of medical stuff, even my freshman year, a lot of my biology classmates were pre-med. I knew I didn't want to do that. Um, so I kind of assumed, I feel like a lot of, uh, the things drop towards biology students are, well, either you're in a lab or you're going to be a doctor. That's kind of the messaging that I felt like I was getting. Um, so I was like, well, I guess I'm going to work in a lab or do something completely different. Um, so then I was thinking because of my volunteer experiences that I wanted to be a teacher, um, pursued that for a couple of classes, decided that wasn't for me. Um, and then I was working in a lab, um, kind of similarly got into it the way that Julia did with applying directly to a lab, uh, microbiology. Um, and I had searched other careers because I think I'd known that, that I didn't want to be a PhD either. Um, and I found genetic counseling online and I was like, wow, this is great. It's science, it's talking with people, um, it's working one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so I actually spoke with a genetic counselor who's a family friend and she told me about her career, about what she does day to day. Um, and it sounded like something that I really wanted to do. So then I kind of pursued it further. So the way that I prepared for graduate school was I took psychology courses. Um, I did some crisis counseling online. Uh, what else did I do? I took some more specific courses, like I took an autism course at Boston College. I took um, a developmental biology course. Um, so there's, there's kind of a lot of little things, um, but I think a lot of my path towards genetic counseling was kind of, like I was saying before, finding out what I didn't want to do first and then, and then figuring out that I wanted to do genetic counseling. Um, but yeah, that's how I ended up where I am now. Thanks so much. Um, Julia and Marissa, are there any courses at SHS that would be beneficial to take if I wanted to be a pediatric nurse? This is a great question. I think I'm fresher than myself because I saw your question. I've been racking my brain of the name of the course that you take. It's like a child development course. I don't remember the exact name of it. Child no, growth and development? I, it's, it's like child development, but when you get to, like, there's the window, and you can see in through into the preschool in Miss Monica, yes. Yes. which was like, so there, I think, believe there's two parts to the course, so part one, part two, and then there's a part three that I believe you can take as a junior or senior when I think you're kind of even more in depth and you're really working in the preschool all year long. That's really great because, for example, you might have experience like babysitting your younger siblings or cousins, but it's really great experience to get to work with children who you aren't related to and you're kind of meeting for the first time and getting to interact and supporting them in their learning and development. So that's a really great course. And then I think, you know, you're, you're going to be taking your sciences um, as just general requirements anyway at SHS. But um, if you are able to take anatomy and physiology, it's just a really, really great um, base level, kind of getting familiar with the different body systems. It's something that you're going to, um, if you're interested in pursuing a nursing route, you're going to be an expert in no time. But again, it's just helpful to have that initial kind of um, exposure to the material. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add to that. I think that was a lot of the, a lot of a good answer. And I think, yeah, I was thinking child growth and development as well. Do you have to do a residency to become a PA? 
Another good question. So for anyone who's not familiar, so there's um, a physician assistant and then there's like medical school are kind of two routes um, to be a provider and it's underneath the medical school of thought. So for medical school, it's typically the four years of under, uh, sorry, the four years of your courses and then you'll do um, an additional like three to four years of residency potentially followed by fellowships depending on what kind of um, department and you decided to pursue. For PA school, currently it is about a two to three, typically just about two year um, master's degree um, or master's program. The biggest difference, so you know you don't do a residency, you might um, pursue maybe something like a PA fellowship potentially um, after you graduate from PA school. If you're going into surgery, that's something I'm not as familiar with. But the biggest difference is that because you're obtaining all those clinical hours before you apply, that's what separates and kind of differentiates PA school versus medical school. So for medical school, you don't need to have worked in a hospital before to apply. Um, but a lot of students who are interested do take gap years um, before they apply to medical school. I feel like the research is very traditional um, for applying to medical school. But for PA school, you really have to have that experience and you have to have the clinical experience. So some examples of what could you do to obtain those clinical hours. You can get CNA certified, which is what I did, working in a nursing home, working in a hospital as a PCA. Um, so again, that's what I've been doing. And then um, you can also work as an EMT, get EMT certified. Um, sometimes being a phlebotomist. So that's when you're drawing blood on patients. Being a phlebotomist counts as clinical hours. And then, um, Different pro that's typically like the standard of clinical experience kind of across the board that's pretty accessible for undergraduates to obtain. Um, but then technically, if you decide to go to nursing school and work as a nurse for 10 years and then apply to PA school, being a nurse would count as your clinical hours. Um, and programs have really great resources on what counts for them. So definitely, if you're interested in some programs um, or you kind of want to see what um, clinical experience would be best for you, definitely look into um, kind of their guidelines and what they expect. Thank you. Um, uh, some more additional course questions um, as they relate to uh, courses at the high school. Would you say that AP chemistry or AP biology is more beneficial to have a career in medicine? This is, oh, these are such good questions. So, my best advice for the AP courses is both of them are going to be beneficial and it's more important for which one are you the most passionate about. So if you're more passionate about chemistry, you're going to enjoy taking AP Chem. It's more challenging, but it's going to be something that's worth the challenge, right? And if you're more interested in biology, then pursue AP Biology. You don't have to pursue both. You're going to have additional courses. You're going to have professors and TAs and support systems, regardless of which you know, AP course you just had to take in high school. But I just think that for high school courses, it's really, really important for you to prioritize the things that you're passionate about too. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that there's one that you should definitely take. Um, I think like having taken AP bio, BC didn't take that as like me APing out or something. Um, so then I just had to take it again, um, which I felt was really beneficial, even though I'm not pursuing a career in, in, as a doctor. Um, I think if I'd taken AP Chem, like to try to get a leg up, I would have been very unhappy. Um, and it, it wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done as well on the course. Um, whereas I feel like I did really well in AP Bio because I was really interested in it. Um, 
so that definitely helped my college application because I, I did well in the course, but then it also helped me in college because um, I could focus more of my energy on chemistry, which I, I really didn't like as much, and, and I could um, kind of just do well in biology. Um, so yeah, I agree. That's okay. really good advice. We're yeah. hearing that from a lot of the alums that APs are not necessary really for getting into college or making college easier. That really what's more about is um, whether or not you really like the class and you like the subject. So I just wanted to bring that up that we're hearing that on, on multiple calls this week. Um, mm -hmm. So we really, really appreciate you guys giving that very honest and, and, and thoughtful advice to the students. I agree. We're hearing the follow your passion, what you're interested in, um, look at where your strengths lie, and the, that's invaluable um, insight. Math, <laughs> what math courses did you take in high school and which math courses helped you with your path um, that you're in today, the paths that you're in today, so math. <laughs> All right, math. So in uh, at Shrewsbury, I did, I think I was in A-level math my freshman year, and then I moved up to honors my sophomore year, and then I stayed there. And then when it came to senior year, so I think I took pre-calc, honors pre-calc junior year, and then I was like, okay, so senior year, what do I want to do? And I really did not want to do calculus. Pre-calc, I was like, it was good, but I'm really good here. I don't want to do calc. So I did AP stats. I miss Buso, and she's awesome. And the class was great. And so taking statistics was helpful. You, I took it, I took the knowledge with me because I had to take um, a lot of programs in the sciences, you, even if you took AP statistics. So this is a little complicated. I received AP credit in general for the math statistics class, but I still had to take statistics within my major. So sometimes in sciences, so you would have to take, I think kinesiology and biology students took biostats and I took uh, statistics and psychology and then I had to take research methods. So those were like statistics based courses too that I took. And then additionally, I had to take calculus <laughs> um, in college. So my best advice again, I think would be because senior year you had the option of doing honors calc, um, and then there's like the two different AP levels of calculus, I believe. And then there's AP statistics. Again, something that you're passionate about. If you're not passionate about math, I definitely, honors calculus is going to be a great route because I think, I believe in any science major, you're going to have to take calculus. And looking back at it, I wish that I knew that that was going to be part of the curriculum. And you can go on and look and, you know, research on the curriculum at universities you're interested in and the majors you're interested in they'll have the classes listed there so I wish I kind of done that and had and had enrolled in honors calculus I think that that would have benefited me to again have the initial exposure to help me more instead of me walking in sophomore being like wow calculus this is new <laughs> um but at the same time having statistics was also really helpful as well so I know that taking both calculus and statistics at the same time might be a lot of math your senior year so I know some juniors have enrolled in AP statistics as well. So if that's something that you feel ready for, you're interested in, you like math, or you want to kind of balance out the two maths, that would be something I would take into consideration. Thank you. Marissa, anything you'd add or? Yeah, um, so I took, I also took um, honors. I took honors freshman through 
um, junior year. Um, and then, so junior year, I took honors pre-calc and then I took um, AB calculus um, senior year. Um, and I felt really good about that because going into BC, that meant that I didn't have to take calculus one. So I just went straight into calculus two. Um, which compared to AB Calc, um, I, thought, I felt like it was a lot easier actually, which you wouldn't expect, but it, it was definitely, it was also taught by a graduate student. So that may have been part of it. Um, so I think taking calculus was really good. Um, it would have been nice to have taken statistics in undergraduate or in high school, but I think uh, I would have had to take it anyway in college probably as well. And um, I really, I'm not a math person. I can do it, but I don't love it. <laughs> so I think uh, that would have been a lot of math for me. Um, and I, I, I think my path is a little different. So I didn't actually take physics. Um, if you have to take physics, that might be something to consider um, in high school, because if you have to take physics in college, it'll probably be calculus-based physics. So you're gonna have to take all these calc classes anyway in college. Um, and maybe it wouldn't hurt even if, even if you don't really like that kind of thing to take even honors calculus in high school, just to prep you for that, um, for that higher level uh, math in college. Um, but yeah, otherwise I would say it kind of just depends on what you want to do um, and whether you want to dedicate all of that time and energy towards math um, your senior year, because I know that that's a lot. Um, and I spent a lot of time um, doing math problems senior year, which <laughs> I didn't love. Thank you both. Um, we have a question, in your opinion, do you think I should drop a full year arts elective that I still am really interested in to focus more on electives that I could explore and would relate more to what I'm interested in pursuing in the future? Hmm, this is a very interesting question. I. I think that, I think that maybe even making like, or just sitting down and being like, okay, so you're super, you're really interested in the full year arts elective. And I feel like if it's something that you're interested in, and it's kind of one of those things where when you're balancing and looking at all of the different courses that you're taking, um, it's something that makes you really happy and it's something you're passionate about. I think that you could probably find other ways to learn more about what you could be interested in the future without having to give up the elective that you really love. Um, and I, that's just, that's just my opinion on what to do because I do see the value in looking into other opportunities again, to learn more and see what you might be interested in. But I also don't know if you should drop something that you're, that like makes you happy and something that you're passionate about. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's hard to know without knowing your exact situation. Um, but I mean, I know like my best friend in high school took art all four years and I think that she loved it and it, it was really important to her. Um, and perhaps taking a class more focused on like psych or teaching, which is what she ended up doing. Um, I don't think would have pushed her that much further towards her career either way or, or helps that much. Um, so I think that if you really love art, that you should probably stick with it because it's, it's part of who you are probably. And, and a lot of that is it's, that's just as important as whatever career you're going to pursue. So. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> um, we have a, um, another question. What makes a medical school application stand out? 
this is totally, so I'm not in missions board. Um, so this is totally kind of things that I've learned and heard um, over the years and some of my opinion as well, I think. So one expectation I just want to set before um, I kind of dive into any other things that might help it stand out is that um, most students do take a gap year um, or even two before applying to medical school. So that would also be an opportunity for you to be working in a lab or gaining clinical exposure and experience that could therefore help your application when it does come time for you to apply, as well as give you time to study for the MCAT outside of your undergraduate courses as well. So for medical school, of course, having some, you know, working really hard in your academic classes, you know, performing at a level that they're looking for, and also obtaining a good score on the MCAT. Um, there's so, so many great resources um, to study for the MCAT. One that I'm looking into, it's called Magoosh. Um, and it's like, so, you know, it's kind of like taking like a, a Kaplan course or something, but it's online and they can create like a study schedule for you there. So I know I'm kind of rambling on, but there are those resources out there for you to kind of help get you there, um, as well as other in-person or virtual like courses um, with like a tutor, like an MCAT tutor as well. But those are all things that I want you to kind of like keep in mind for like much, much later on. I think in terms of in your undergrad years, things that would make your application stand out are, again, pursuing your passions. How many times have I said passion during this call? Um, pursuing those um, other like extracurriculars, um, even courses and knowledge and seminars, research labs, those things that you're just really interested in because those are the things that they're going to ask you about when you do go to an interview. Um, one, I think one thing that I, reflecting back on my own personal undergraduate experience, I actually founded like a, a registered student organization at UMass. Um, and it's like a health and wellness, like for girls club um, that I founded. And so that's something where now, like that's something that sets me apart from other applicants. They can go to ask me about it. And not only did I get involved in the club, but I also was like the president. I picked like an exec team. I worked with the national you know, uh, club as well. So being able to kind of show, like represent yourself as a leader, being involved, being a well-rounded person, and then also volunteering and really like getting involved in the community as well. Um, a lot of pre-medical clubs, there's, there's a pre-med club at probably every campus at this point. So that's a really great opportunity because you are joining the club with other pre-medical students and then they oftentimes get a lot of outlets to volunteer in the community surrounding your campus. So volunteering at a nursing home, I got to like bring their groceries in um, off their, like, their bus that they had, get to you know, meet with them, talk with them, um, getting to go visit Bay State Hospital in Springfield, like those types of opportunities as well. And then the last thing I would say too is getting involved in the pre-medical club. You, they have like networking events. And so I know UMass had like a networking dinner and they had like 60 to 100 um, medical personnel from the area come so that just I feel like it's a lot that goes into making your application what it is but everything that you get involved in every passion you pursue every hour that you put in studying all of that adds up to making you like your whole applicant individual um, and I just want to really cement that like no passion experience or um, kind of commitment you make to anything is too small and that all of them will really enhance like who you are um, as both a person and as a provider one day. Thanks so much, Julia. Any other questions from students? 
Here we go. This, this is the last question of the hour. Um, what do you think was the most challenging part in the path to achieving your career or your careers as they stand now? And um, just a follow up, can we please get your contact info? And Mrs. Cohane, do we, can you um, remind me what our plan is there? What the plan is for what? I'm sorry, to, for alumni contact info if a student wants to email alum. Yeah, we, we need to, um, we need to, if, if there's a person on here who would like to know what the contact information is for alums, we'll send that out. Okay. Um, and I think that, you know, you and I and Michelle needs to figure out next week, yes. like what's the best way to share, because right. we've been asking alumni for, um, thoughts, ideas about websites, um, documents, um, places that the students can go afterwards, after this conversation. Yeah. Um, and then I know that you'll think of things that you're saying like, oh, why didn't I mention that? Or you think of things later on that might be helpful. Um, you can always um, send that to us. And so we'll keep in touch with the alumni. Um, I think maybe in another week or so, we'll, we'll be in touch with everybody who gave um, presentations this week and then just say is there anything additional you can think of that we want to send out to our students and then we'll do a blanket um, that sounds great yeah so one last question um, what do you think was the most challenging part in your in the path to achieving your career and if you see me disappear it's just because I'm getting on a 12 o'clock call but <laughs> whoever would like I'll to stay take on. This I'll stay on. <laughs> thanks So I think I'm, I have two, two challenges. So one, I guess, so for course wise, um, science is something I love, um, but some of the courses can be challenging. So my biggest course I had trouble in was organic chemistry too. And that was just a course that was like another language for me. And that's not to say that when you, if that's part of your course curriculum, you might be an all-star at it. Um, but for me, that was like my struggle course. So that was something that because I struggled with it, it definitely kind of made me almost second guess myself and just feel really frustrated. And the biggest thing at that point that I would say is just because you struggle with one science course or two or three doesn't mean that you're not cut out for the field that you're interested in. That is just when I would say, hey, like go look at your resources. Do you have tutoring at the library at university, your undergraduate TAs, your graduate TAs, and go to the professor's office hours. I promise you that when you go, it will make such a huge difference. They'll make you feel better, number one. Um, and then they'll also really give you the tools to improve and feel confident in the course. Um, so that's just one my first challenge. And my second one is knowing exactly what I wanted to do. I'm someone who really likes to have a plan and just go with that um, and be really confident in that. But right now I thought I knew what I wanted to do um, and I'm still trying to figure that out. So I would just say to take your time. Don't feel like you have to rush through the process. You know, don't feel like taking a gap year is weird um, and just really like own your path and own your experience and um, just take your time. So that way you are pursuing something that not only are you interested in, but you're also really happy in as well. I agree, Julia, especially about uh, Orgo 2 was a beast and I absolutely hated it. Um, I think that was taking science classes or just classes that you have to take that are requirements are just so they just bog you down and you feel like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I in this major? Um, and I think once you get through it, you're like, oh, like that really wasn't so bad. Um, <laughs> so in hindsight, I think you'll be glad you did it. 
Um, and I agree also, I think uncertainty was a lot like figuring out what I wanted to do. Um, and even still now, like sometimes I'm still uncertain about it and I think that's okay. Um, the volunteering and the application process, like it's very competitive. Um, and I think that's true for most medical oriented careers. Um, so for me personally, you submit an application um, including several letters of recommendation, a personal statement on your resume, amongst other things. And then you get called back for interviews um, with a smaller group. And then you get, um, you submit your name to a match process, kind of like a medical residency, um, or it matches you to a program based upon your and their rank list. That's actually coming out tomorrow, which is very exciting um, for next year. Um, so I think just the uncertainty in that whole process um, and in undergrad was, was really overwhelming just because you, you don't know what's happening and you don't know where you're going to end up. Um, so I think that was the hardest part for me and just getting the results on match day and finding out where I was going to end up was just such a relief. Um, and even figuring out that I wanted to do genetic counseling was a relief because I knew what my path was going to be. So I think you have to value those moments of uncertainty because without them, you're not going to figure out what you want to do. Um, but I know that they're really hard when you're in that, when you're in that process. Well, thank you both. Um, if you have any sort of last minute thoughts that you want to share with the students, um, we've, we've had like 20, between 20 and 22 people participating today. So it's a, it's a good crowd. Um, I know we've had a ton of questions. This is like the most questions we've seen this week. Um, and this has been really awesome. Really, really appreciate students that, um, that have been asking questions that have participated today. I hope you'll look at the schedule and see that there's, um, there's a few more today and there's about three more tomorrow to attend. Um, next week, we'll take a break and then the week after, I, I know we'll be doing other presentations. Um, to Julia and Marissa, if you guys think of another topic that you'd like to um, be an expert on, um, we'd love to have you back again. That would be really great. Um, really appreciate you guys showing up today um, and answering everybody's questions. I'll be sending out a poll to everybody who's here um, with some feedback, just asking for your um, suggestions on what we can improve, what you thought was really great, et cetera. So um, really appreciate everybody's time today. This is really awesome. It's very, very exciting to all of us. So thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for having Happy us. Day. It was so great getting to talk to you. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.